Welcome everyone to Christ the King Community Church. We are so glad that you have chosen to worship with us this weekend. So much of our world has been turned upside down and this is especially true for you moms. So for those of you who are home with your very little ones day in and day out all day long, for you moms who are homeschooling your children, you are doing your best and you might also be working from home as well. And some moms, you are having to leave the house every day because you are frontline essential workers. We want to say thank you to you. We know that it's often moms that we turn to to make it all okay, to assure us that it's all gonna work out. So today we want you to know that we honor you, that we are praying for you, and we want to wish you a very happy Mother's Day. Well, let's turn to Jesus now, who thankfully it does hold all things together and is bigger than all of our circumstances. Let's worship together. Every day we pass by them. Some of us miss them because we're not really looking, not expecting anything out of the ordinary. And some of us have been waiting so long, praying for so long, that we've begun to lose hope. But then there are these moments when everything comes into focus, when beyond all explanation, the laws of nature and logic cease to matter because a greater power is at work. A loving God who sees us and hears us stands ready to reveal his kindness and strength through miracles. Well, good morning, Sleep In Service. It's so good to see you today. Happy Mother's Day to you. I want to add my voice to Pastor Melanie's who started off the service earlier by saying uh, to my mom and to my mother-in-law, to the mother of the incredible Fishbook kids, uh, happy Mother's Day. And to all of the CTK moms, whether you are a mom or a special aunt or a lady from our church who has been a mother to somebody, we're just so unbelievably grateful for your investment in all of us. Thank you so much. We love you and God bless you today. Hey, I want to talk to those of you who may be just investigating this Jesus thing. If you have questions about the Bible, Jesus, church, how this whole thing goes together, we'd like to introduce you to what we call Alpha. We've been doing Alpha here at Christ the King Church for many years. It's one of our favorite things because we're not afraid of hard questions. And so I want to encourage you that if you'd like to be involved in the next round of Alpha, you're going to go to grow.ctk.church, and then you're going to click on the Alpha button. There'll be lots more information there starting on Tuesday, May the 19th from 6 to 7 p.m., We'll have an opportunity for you to ask your questions in a very safe environment and to really connect with other people who are on the same journey that you are on. I hope you won't miss it. Well, we're going to do something a little different this Mother's Day weekend by talking about a marriage miracle. You know, there are so many different ways we could have gone this weekend. The truth is, we wanted to have our guests this morning live and in the worship center, but it just hasn't worked out that way with all of the different COVID restrictions. So earlier this week, I had an opportunity to sit down on a Skype call with Rick and Tiffany Bullman. Rick and Tiffany are a miracle. What God has done in their marriage is a miracle. And I know, because we value authenticity and transparency here at Christ the King, that the first part of their story, is it may touch some very tender areas with some people that are watching. But I want to encourage you, stick with the whole story, because by the time we get to the end, you're going to see that there is always hope in Jesus. So on this Mother's Day, our goal is simple. Mended marriages. That's what we want, and that's what we're praying for today. 
So let's take a few moments and take a look at this conversation that happened earlier this week. Let's watch it together. Rick and Tiffany, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm glad that you are here, and uh, thank you for the time we've been able to spend together outside of this. Uh, it's actually been such a privilege to get to know you, and honestly, uh, your miracle story is unbelievably motivating to me. Uh, and the people don't know that, but they're going to know this in just a few minutes. The fact that you're still sitting together on the same screen is an actual miracle. And, <laughs> and I, I wish, I wish we could just start talking from there, but in order to get to a miracle, you got to go back to the impossible situation. So mm -hmm. can you guys just share your story? I know it's hard, but can you go back and just share your story of where you found yourself? Cause we'll start there. Yeah, absolutely. So Tiffany and I, we've been married for 27 years, and we have four children, uh, three boys and a girl. Our oldest is 26, and our youngest, our daughter, is 18. All of them have graduated high school. Um, but we met in California and uh, eventually moved up to Washington. And Tiffany and I, we're firstborns. So um, we both have <laughs> brothers and sisters, but with firstborns, it comes with always having to be right in arguments growing up. Uh, you know, you're, you're constantly fighting or teasing or dealing with just sibling issues, you know, as everybody does. And, um, and so we have that little bit of a tenacity in both mm -hmm. of us, uh, more so her than me, but, um, no, <laughs> um, but we both have it. And, um, we both grew up in Christian homes. And so there was a like-mindedness regarding who Jesus is and, and we've been raised in the church. So we've been very fortunate that way. Mm -hmm. However, even though we were raised in a Christian home, our upbringing was very much different in many ways. And um, those differences um, actually created many verbal and emotional collisions uh, between us. Yeah. And so, you know, growing up um, in our young married years, I, I was a workaholic. Um, I always had a problem turning it off. Um, you know, even today, sometimes, you know, she could just give me a look and it's like, I know, I know I got to turn it off, got to turn it off. But especially in our younger years, I was a workaholic. Um, my job came first, my career came first. Um, the desire to make money and a lot of it came first. Um, and that drove me to be, um, neglectful to Tiffany in many ways, just emotionally. Um, also, um, I became verbally abusive to Tiffany. Um, I wouldn't come out and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I wouldn't uh, like come out and just like cuss at her like that type of verbal, excuse me, verbal abuse. But what it would be would be when we're arguing, I can get very cutting and very demeaning and really tear down her personhood. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm supposed to value her as my wife and make her feel lifted but I was tearing her down psychologically through my words and how I would respond and not really being um, kind and thoughtful to her feelings and reasonings and whatnot. And so I let her run the house and I got to do what I wanted to do. And what that did over the years, it, it was fracturing our relationship deeply. And so kind of fast forwarding a little bit and feel free to ask anything that I may have missed. Um, yeah. But uh, on December 26th, uh, 2013, um, everything really changed for our family and, and especially for our marriage. Yeah, um, that was the night that Rick got a phone call 
from my best friend, and she revealed to Rick that I had been having an affair Mm -hmm. with her husband for three years. Um, It was a dark, dark night. Before we go on and continue talking, I just want to say that even though Rick was neglectful and even though he was abusive with his words, that in no way warranted me having my affair. That was a choice that I made, a bad choice that I made. And so it's just important for me to to tell people that that Rick didn't deserve this. There were other things that I could have done to get help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when that all happened, um, everything just went dark emotionally. Uh, I was a senior yeah. pastor locally here in Bellingham at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Tiffany was, <clears throat> you know, leading worship and heading up the children's ministry. And and so the ripple effect just didn't stop outside the Bowman yeah. household. It, it definitely went into the church. And, um, yeah, it was really dark. Yeah. So if you could go back into that dark moment with me for just a second. And I so sure. appreciate your authenticity. Like, thank you for just shooting straight with us. There's a lot of couples out right now that are in that blast zone. They're in that mm-hmm. dark moment. What's the first thing you would say to someone who's just had a hand grenade thrown into the middle of their relationship? What should they do right now if they're in that very dark moment? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is um, to get counseling, Mm -hmm. to find counselors that specialize in in that, um, because it's such a dark place. Mm that you you can't get out of that hole by yourself. So don't even try. You have to get help. Yeah, if I can add to that, um, that was my saving grace literally in the moment when that grenade went off. When that great grenade went off for me, I immediately, after we had some choice words back and forth, I went outside and um, called one of my closest friends and he was also, I considered him my pastor. And the thing is, is that there were a myriad of emotions. I couldn't even think straight. I needed somebody on the outside to think for me, mm-hmm. to kind of be the barometer and help me think clearly. And so you need somebody to do that. So that would be my initial advice. Speak to someone. Don't try to handle it alone. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's super helpful. Tiffany, can you take me back to the next couple of months? So you have the moment. Mm-hmm. Everything comes out. You're caught. There's nowhere to turn. Mm-hmm. What what were the next couple of months like for you? I mean, I would say that I was in shock. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of just went about our daily routine. I I don't think that I worked at first, and I think that we took practical steps at first. Um, and I don't. Let's see. We changed my phone number Mm -hmm. and I went off all social media Mm -hmm. and then we drove down to Oregon and we started counseling. There wasn't a lot of time that went by. And I think that that really saved us Mm -hmm. starting right away. Um, 
it was really hard. I had a lot of shame. It was hard for me to make eye contact, even with Rick. Mm -hmm. It was hard for me to make eye contact. And I was very scared, actually, even going to the grocery store because I didn't want to see people. I didn't want anyone that I knew to see me just because I was so scared that people would see me and that they would know this horrible thing that I had done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So take me back to, um, you know, the Bible says that every time we face temptation, mm -hmm. Jesus is there giving us a way out. Can you mm -hmm. look back now and, and take us maybe one or two moments when God said, I'm giving you an out, but you mm -hmm. didn't take it now, and you couldn't see it then, but you can see it now? How did that work for you? Um, I can remember being at my parents' house in Olympia, and I was sitting at the table with my mom, and we were drinking tea, and I so badly wanted to tell her what I was mixed up in and what I was doing, but I had such shame that I was, that I was doing this, and I was embarrassed, and I stopped myself and I didn't tell her. And I think that the unknown, you know, what's going to happen if I tell someone I'm having an affair? I mean, that's super scary. What's going to happen next? You know, am I going to lose my kids? Am I not going to be able to go home? Is my husband going to leave me forever? I mean, it was all that kind of stuff that stopped me. Yeah. So, so after, after it was found out, Mm -hmm. You still have moments. You, I still have to come clean now. I mean, here I am. Uh, um, yeah. and, and this is my story. How did you go about that process of unpeeling that onion? Do you mean when I would share with certain people? Yeah. How, how did you share with Rick the everything that had gone on? How did you stay authentic and transparent? Because if you hadn't, you guys wouldn't be here. Right. Right. Um I, I did start sharing things with him and I did tell him things, but I, one of the first things that we did to mm -hmm. establish trust between the two of us was I took a polygraph test and wow. it was at the sheriff's office in Oregon and I jumped at the opportunity to take it because I wanted Rick to know I am in this and I am willing to do the work and I am telling you the truth and I've shared everything with you. So I went and I got strapped up just like you see on TV and they asked me questions for an hour. And the reason why that's so important is because it provides a baseline for the couple mm. and it's a foundation and you can build on top of that, you know? And then Rick knew that he knew everything mm -hmm. and then we could start rebuilding from there. Yeah. yeah. That's a huge, huge step. So in your book, you guys actually wrote a book called Mended, which is beautiful because it's a miraculous title. Um, Rick, you talked about a moment when, you were looking at Tiffany, and it was as if you were seeing her through the eyes of Jesus. Can yeah. you take me back to that moment? Because that's when hope all of a sudden invades the whole story. T take me back to that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So that night, the night that I found out everything, <clears throat> I left and stayed the night with my pastor and my friend. Um, and then that following evening, so 24 hours later, I came home. And so on my drive home, I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling rage. I'm feeling disappointment, um, betrayal, deep sadness, um, uh, constant knot in my stomach and my throat. And it was just... Lord, you know, she had at this point in our story, and we mentioned in the book of how it all comes out, she had said that she wanted to work things out and I wanted to work things out too. So I knew that we were going to at least talk about that, but I was still very hurt. Mm -hmm. And I, excuse me, I remember coming home and pulling into the driveway and just taking a deep breath going, Lord, how do I, how do I handle this? I don't even know what I'm going to say when I see her. And, um, I just, prayed a simple prayer and I didn't realize how powerful this prayer was. And I said, just help me to see this situation through your eyes. I kept thinking of John chapter eight, when he sees the adulterous woman, Jesus, he saw her completely different than the ones who had stones in their hands. And right now I had stones in my hands that were coming from my heart and I didn't know what to do with them. And I knew that I didn't want to exasperate the situation. I wanted to bring healing to it. So I said, Lord, help me to just see Tiffany the way you see her because I don't know what's going to happen when I walk in. And so I walk in. She's sitting in this um, comfy leather chair that we used to have. And she's got her knees up on the chair and her head is um, down um, in, her, in her lap. And she's just crying. She won't look at me. And Grant, all I can say is it was just a very supernatural moment where when I looked at Tiffany, I didn't see an adulterous woman. I didn't see a betrayer. I didn't see this evil person that betrayed me and her kids. It, it was like the Lord gave me eyes to see and I just saw her as broken. And it was in that moment, as much as I had all of this anger and, and animosity in, in me, I just had compassion at the same time. And that compassion was so thick, if you will, it, it overshadowed any anger. And I just felt like forgiveness for her. And all I could say is it's supernatural because the natural man, the natural side of us, we want to repay evil for evil. And um, I think that that has become a, a prayer that I've prayed often since then is that no matter what situation I'm, I'm dealing with, if I'm having a hard time reconciling what I'm seeing or what I'm going through, I will just simply pray, Lord, how do you see this? Give me your eyes. Let me look at it through your lens. Cause usually um, that's when I have more of the heart of Christ in the matter and not so much my flesh wants to take over. So that's how it yeah. was for me. I just broke yeah. for my wife. Let's uh, let's put the shoe on the other foot because a part of this story is all of the history. So Tiffany, you, yeah. um, you you've had this man in your life who chose work over you, um, mm -hmm. had words and he used them as a weapon. Was there a corresponding moment for you when you looked at your husband and that stuff needed to go away too? Can you tell us about that? when we went through counseling that I really learned to take Rick's family of origin and everything that he had brought mm -hmm. and different scars that he had 
from growing up, you know, and not necessarily from trauma, but just from different things that he had gone through, you know. Um, and when you think about different things that your spouse has gone through that they're bringing into your relationship that you haven't thought about before, it really makes it all that much more easy to forgive the things, you know, the wrong things that, that they've done to you. Hey, let's go really practical for a second. How yeah. did you rebuild trust as a couple? I mean, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but don't you think that the first layer to rebuilding trust was me taking the polygraph? Oh, yeah. See, the polygraph was huge. Um, she was so willing and able to do that. I was able to submit five questions. Um, you know, I wasn't there, but I was able to submit five questions mm -hmm. that I wanted answered. And um, and when she came back passing in flying colors, it was like, okay. Now, like Tiffany said, we have a baseline. Um, but then there were everyday things that we had to do. Right. Uh, like changing I, your phone. Number. Right. Changed my phone number. And then I, I left my phone sitting around, you know, Yeah. I was all, I always had my phone with me and I was protecting it, but I left it sitting around. Um, he knew all my passwords mm -hmm. to my phone, to, you know, to Facebook, to stuff like that. Um, well, I was actually, we even went this far. Yeah. Some people might think this is extreme, but extreme things were going on. Um, I took Tiffany's Apple ID and put it on my phone. So every text message she got, received, and sent out, it rang to my phone too. And so I was able to see her conversations mm -hmm. throughout the day. And, um, man, she got a lot of texts. But um, it, it just... It, <laughs> And she was okay with that. She told the kids, hey, you can look at um, my emails, you look at my cell phone, mm -hmm. anytime you want, it's yours. Um, and a couple of times they had mm -hmm. asked. Um, but I had to rebuild trust with my kids too. Yeah, yeah. You know? That was, yes. That's so. part of our story too. So there were just very practical things, um, you know, um, I can't think of anything else. One of yeah. the things, she was really sensitive to my triggers. And mm -hmm. so if something even remotely looked like it could be misconstrued, she was very forthright and upfront. Like she exposed it before I even knew about it. Mm -hmm. You know, being a random person, like when she did get back on social media, um, I still have all the passwords to it. But, mm -hmm. you know, if somebody friend requested her, I don't know this person, watch me hit delete and block, you know. So little things like that really did build trust. Yeah, that's great. Um, Tiffany, question for you. So in the book, which by the way is fascinating because your kids actually have their own chapters. Like they actually yes. tell their own story, which is, I've never heard of that before. Um, Tiff, you talk about your practice of stop, you're going to stop kissing shame and mm -hmm. live forgiven. Can you please unpack that? Because I know so many people. I mean, we are all, we are so covered in our shame narrative. We're mm -hmm. telling that story. We're horrible. We're, we're never going to recover and put the pieces back together. What does it mean to stop kissing shame and live forgiven? Um, this was hard for me. Like I said earlier, I, I hung my head low. I didn't look people in the eye. Um, and... So I really, I had to write down a huge list 
of biblical truths and scripture, and I just had to repeat them to myself over and over again. I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God. I'm the apple of his eye. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I would be saying those under my breath as I'm walking into a basketball game at Ferndale High School and as I'm going to grocery shop and all of that kind of stuff. And um, I I had to just drill that into me over and over. And uh, one of the things that my counselor, Dr. Ted, said mm-hmm. was, um, what did, what was the quote? He would say, you know, whenever we give in to shame or allow shame to have a place in our life, he goes, it's like you're kissing it. And he would say, kissing shame is like kissing a rattlesnake. You'll get bit every, every time. time. And yeah. it's true. It's got a nasty sting to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was hard. And it took, uh, it took a while for me. Um, but there's no shame anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Which is incredible when you think about that. I mean, the fact that God removed shame, because I think what, I think the lie most of us believe is that the shame's never going to go away. Like mm-hmm. It's never going to be fully dealt with, but you guys are actually telling me today that shame can actually be erased. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. That might be a sermon series down the road. <laughs> maybe you guys can maybe you can help us out with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so much good has come out of this. When was the moment you knew that hope had reinvaded your relationship? Um, I I think for me it was our first counseling appointment. We had driven down to Oregon. That's a long drive when you're like, you know, in the very new beginnings of this trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We walked in and we sat down with Dr. Ted and Diane and they just like Jesus was there. Mm -hmm. He was in the room. There was such peace there. And the way that they spoke to us and spoke into us into our marriage and into our lives, they gave me hope. And I think one of the things that impacted me the most was that I had been saying for a while, our our marriage is not healthy. This is, this is not good. We are not good. But Rick didn't see it. And they helped him see the condition of our marriage. And I, I feel like they helped us get on the same page because we weren't even in the same book before, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. Yeah. I, in fact, on that seeing which, I mean, I was a knucklehead. I mean, I thought, no, you know, I'm a senior pastor. You're a senior pastor's wife. We have to have it together. And and I kept just pushing it away. And I remember after that meeting, we went in, we pulled into some fast food restaurant to grab something nasty to eat on the way back to our drive back to Ferndale. And there was this ugliest vehicle I had ever seen, Grant. I mean, you pick a color, <laughs> it was that color. It had rust everywhere. It had the windows was knocked out with cardboard tape, ball tires, just dirt everywhere. And it wasn't an audible voice, but I really felt like the Lord said, Rick. It was just this thought, Rick, that car represents the state of your marriage. However, you, my son, are sitting on the inside driving, but you think you're in a Cadillac that's brand new. Oh, wow. And I just, 
I looked at Tiffany and I just said, I, I, I see it. We're not healthy. And for me, recognizing the reality of the state of our marriage, coupled with um, her being very remorseful and just saying, please forgive me, you didn't deserve this, just true repentance. Um, it just, I felt like we were on the same page and there was some hope. And I felt like the Lord said, you provide the hearts, I'll provide the miracle. And we just gave them hearts to work with. It wasn't easy. It was well, difficult. It wa yeah, it wasn't like, we, okay, let's, we're okay Counseling's now. Fun. It was oh, a gosh, year and a half of uphill, yeah. grueling work with, oh, yeah. I mean, there were times that I walked out of counseling. I, I no, you always came back. I came back, <laughs> but I, it was hard, yeah. hard work. Yeah. 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 So just talk to, we're getting close to the end of our time here. Yeah. So people have been in an enforced marriage intensive for the last like six weeks or so. Um, yeah. People, I mean, they've been forced together. You got to stay together, shelter in place, all that other stuff that's going on. Mm -hmm. If they talk to the couples of Christ the King who are struggling right now, like they're struggling and there's a blast zone, there's damage, but maybe they're in the car and they think it's all good. And then they find out maybe it's not so good. If you could give us, give us just some practical handles. If you, if it's not what you think it is, or you want more, what should you start doing today? Go before Jesus and don't pray this prayer. Lord, change my spouse, change my wife, change my husband. No, pray this prayer. Jesus changed me. What is it in me that I can do to change, to become more like you so that I can glorify you in my marriage relationship? And then in that, stop talking. Just listen. And, and God will reveal, well, you know, you're being a little pig-headed here. Or, oh, you know what? You're being kind of damaging. He will begin to highlight one or two things that you can work on. And I think if the wife and the husband are praying those prayers, Jesus, make me better, not change my spouse. I want to, like when we did counseling, Grant, it was like, I can't wait. We're <laughs> going to get her fixed. I mean, why did she do what she did? And I was about six weeks into it. I'm like, when do we get to talk about Tiffany? I mean, you know, she's the one that did this. And and I just had this warped mindset. And so not not to get in the weeds, but I would just say be vulnerable, vulnerable before the Lord and just be humbled enough to say, Lord, show me my faults and how I can better myself. Because in doing that, you will better your marriage. I mean, we have this thing uh, called Make Your Marriage a Serving Contest. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Here's something practical. While you're praying that prayer and waiting on the Lord to like clue you in on what you're doing wrong, um, just do this. Let's make our marriage a serving contest. Every day, we're living in close quarters. We're getting on each other's nerves. All right, let's counteract that. Is that, is that mm -hmm. right? Okay. Uh, we'll counteract that by, I'm going to wake up and see if I can outserve my spouse. Mm -hmm. And if your spouse is trying to outserve you and you're trying to outserve them, yeah. It's going to be a love fest before you know it. So I think that serving one another um, intentionally, even though you might feel like they don't deserve it, along with just asking the Lord to reveal your area of improvement, I think those are some good practical first steps. Uh, 
So God's done some incredible things with you guys since then. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not a story of just God saved a marriage, put the pieces back together again, and they all lived happily ever after. You guys are still doing the work. But now that whole mess has actually turned into something pretty incredible. And that's actually how like, we kind of cross paths in this whole thing. Yeah. Um, can you guys tell us a little bit about Mended? Like what, what, what is Mended? What all do you guys do? Because you're in this not just for your marriage now, you're in it helping out all kinds of people all over the place. So right. tell us a little bit about, about what God's done out of the tragedy. How has he made beauty for ashes? Yeah. Well, originally we decided that we would write a book so that our kids would have something to um, look back on and something that they could go to so that they wouldn't repeat the mistakes that we had repeated so that they would understand, you know, family of origin and unspoken rule stuff. But um, we wrote the book and we gave it to our counselors, you know, just so that they could read it. And they got back to us and they said, we'd like to publish this. And it got published. And now we are doing marriage seminars and um, let's see, marriage retreats yeah. and marriage coaching. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I, we just want to make our mess our message. And, you know, there, there's, when it comes to infidelity and just ruptured relationships or marriages in that way, it's not a big problem. I think it's like a pandemic in America. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think 100% of the people have either been directly or indirectly affected Mm -hmm. by someone who's had an affair. Maybe they haven't experienced it one-on-one, but they know somebody who has. And our passion is to take our struggles, our pain, relate to what people are going through, Mm -hmm. but then also be there for them in that darkest. Tell them about how we went through the fire and buckets of water. This really sums up well kind of the mended ministry of marriage coaching and doing conferences and stuff. Right. Um, Well, we did. We went through a fire and we made it to the other side. Mm -hmm. But our message is not to pick up our stuff and walk off into the sunset. We want to pick up buckets of water and turn around and walk back into the fire and help the couples that are there. And, and that's, that's our passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So if somebody wanted to reach out to you, if they actually wanted to get a hold of the book, if they wanted to engage in marriage coaching, they wanted to find out where mm-hmm. you guys are going to be doing a conference or something like that, where would they actually go? Can you give us the website or whatever? Yeah. Uh, the contact? Yeah, absolutely. It's real simple. Go to rickandtiffany.com. So rickandtiffany.com, you can, uh, that's our website. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on um, Facebook, Twitter. Those are our, that's our handle, Rick and Tiffany. Um, So there you can see, you know, we've got other resources there that we offer as as well as services. And so, yeah, reach out, love to help. Yeah. That's great. Guys, I just want to say thanks. I mean, we so desperately wanted to do this live because I wanted to, that's what we wanted, but we haven't been able to do that. Um, I wanted an opportunity for people to get their hands on your book. They're going to have to take an extra step in order to get there because I think it's so worth it. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for not hiding behind the shame. Thank you for being honest and real. 
Thank you for speaking truth and sharing your journey along the way. I can't wait to find out how many more marriage miracles started right here this weekend because you guys shared your story. And I just so unbelievably appreciate it. Someday, I promise, uh, we're going to bring you back live face-to-face and we'll have a different conversation. Maybe we'll just talk about all the hope part because there's there so much go. now okay. that has, that a lot has of hope. happened since then. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Um, Rick, would you finish our time together by just praying for marriages right now? That'd be Absolutely. great. Absolutely. <clears throat> Jesus, we just thank you for you being King Jesus. Mm-hmm. You are our Lord. You are our Savior. And you're much, much more. You're, you're our Redeemer, Lord. You're our uh, healer. You're our sense of hope. And Father, right now, I lift up um, the entire Christ the King family, and especially married couples, young and old in their relationship, Lord. Uh, the enemy's going to want to come in, Jesus, and, and, and try to um, cause havoc and, and division. Um, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just quicken their hearts with some part of our story to where it gets them thinking to where they're wanting to lean more into you and not away from each other. I pray God for healing and wholeness and hope for each married couple, Lord. Uh, Father, where there has been minor friction to downright betrayal and they're just in a dark season, Holy Spirit, I pray that they would sense hope and a light that they can get through this and they can get the help that they need. I pray, Jesus, that we would all be humbled enough to invite you into our mess, into our marriages, because that is where we find our true strength, and that is where we're going to find our true recovery is through you and in you. Mm -hmm. And we love you, and we thank you, and we just praise you for your miracle-working hand, not just in our marriage and family, but in everyone's marriages and family in our Christ the King family. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks again, you guys. Appreciate you you so much. Love you both. Thank you for doing this. And because I'm hosting this weekend, this is going to be awkward, but I'm going to hand it back to me right now, live in the (laughs) service. (laughs) Bless you guys. All right, thank you. Well, everybody, thanks again for joining us this morning. I hope and pray that the authenticity and transparency of Rick and Tiffany's story will motivate you, that if you're hurting right now and you need help, that you'll reach out and get a hold of somebody. You can reach us here at the church at 360-733-1337. You can reach out to Rick and Tiffany. You can reach out to one of the pastors via email. We would love to be a part of the solution. I mean, how amazing would it be if we could say, on this Mother's Day 2020, what we celebrated was not only moms, but the mending of marriages. That would be an incredible, incredible thing. So once again, thanks again. Hope you have a great day today. Uh, honor your mom. Do something special for her. And for get outside. I just stuck my head out there. It's 80 degrees. So have an incredible time. Thanks again. Sleep in service. God bless you guys. And we'll see you again here six days from now. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thanks again for watching. We're so glad that you joined us today. Once again, we hope you'll get involved in biblical face-to-face community wherever you happen to be today. If you'd like more information about Christ the King Community Church, if you'd like to give online, or if you'd like to submit a prayer request, or even get connected in a small group, you can find out more about us at ctk.church.